Douglas. Seven seconds to go. Three-pointer. Oh! Hutchins! Five seconds. Fires for three. Side goes outside. Heinrich gets it. Heinrich puts up the shot. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. He's got to do it himself. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. Oh, welcome back, everybody. This is episode three. Of the student section, I am your boy Niffy. I'm here with my guy Troy. Uh, it is just the two of us this week for the first little bit. Uh, we have a special guest joining us later in the podcast. But for now, me and Troy are here with you. Jim's in Florida on vacation uh, with a couple co-workers. They were checking out a Met Spring training game on Thursday. So hope they're having a good time. Hope he's enjoying vacation because once he gets back, baby, it's go time for the boys. Troy, what's good up? What's going on, brother? How's the day been? Oh, you know, it's been a doozy of a day. A lot of good games today. So, obviously, a jam-packed weekend and week for the boys, uh, you know, as far as college basketball. So, let's not miss a beat. Let's get right into it. First off, before we get going, Capital Sports Media Madness, guys. This is our first big event as a company, okay? Uh, We are putting on a tournament challenge bracket pool, per se. It is a free entry. You get one entry into the bracket pool. Literally anyone can join. Your mother, brother, grandmother, they all hate me in that order, but they can be in this bracket pool. Okay? It is on ESPN. The top three brackets will be winning significant gift cards. I believe it's a gift card of your choice. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Oh, a gift card of your choice. If you want a $100 PlayStation gift card to buy MLB The Show 21, which is what I would be doing if that were the case, you can have a $100 gift card. That is the top prize. We have not figured out second and third place. We're still deliberating, but number one gets a $100 gift card. Troy, thoughts on this capital of sports media madness? I think it, it's a, I think it's a great opportunity to win some uh, Dick Sporting Goods money, you know? Oh, uh, so DSG cash. Oh, yeah. And the last thing we are announcing, first time here on the podcast, we, and as as I say we, pretty much me, Jim, and our special guest for later, will be sitting down for every single NCAA tournament game. We will be live streaming on YouTube from the first tip to the final buzzer every Saturday, Sunday, and the national championship game live on YouTube. It is going to be like our second big time event that we will be putting on and it will be all streamed for everyone that are listening here to sit and watch as we watch the games. We give our breakdowns, analysis, we talk bets, we talk everything that is college basketball for 12 hours on Saturday and 12 hours on Sunday. We will be joined by CSIMED guests. We will be joined by other by other guests if we bring them in, if that the, if other people want to come on um guys like i said me jim and our special guest for later will be sitting down we will be there for every single game on saturday and sundays uh we toured the place that we're going to going to do this in it is sick unbelievable shout out to our guys for hooking that up for us 
Um, I hope I hope this is going to be great because I'm going to have a blast with it. Troy's going to be there. Troy's obviously got basketball to work around, but he'll be there for most of the games. Don't you worry about that. So come hang out with the boys. It'll be a good night. Troy, you excited for that? Oh, I'm super psyched. And yeah, and if you left me out, I will be there for portions of it, not the whole time. So for all you Troy Snyder lovers out there, I, I will be in appearance. And we are looking forward to that. And I know I was talking to our special guest earlier, and he's like, this is the most excited I've been for an NCAA tournament just because of what we're doing. The content's going to be sick. Uh, we're going to have so much fun with it. You're going to hear us cheering, cheering on games, rooting for games. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So with that said, Let's get into our last weekend recap. And the first game I want to get into for one specific reason and one specific reason only. I want to go back to last podcast. This my my co-host this week sat there and had the nerve to call me a dumbass <laughs> in front of all of our viewers because I was the only one that had the cojones to take Kansas over Baylor, even though we had talked about how Baylor was struggling coming back from the COVID break. And Troy, refresh my memory. What happened in that game? Um, so long story short, um, Baylor, Baylor lost 71 to 58. I'll be real with you. Uh, Baylor is just, uh, after the COVID pause, they ain't it now. You know, they're making it very clear that they're, they're still rusty. Yeah, that that one was on me. Although I think that was like maybe like one of my first wrong guesses since we started this podcast. So now, yes, you're not wrong, um, and we'll get into how you've been pretty good. I will say you've been very good this year. Um, looking at this box score, you look up and down. Uh, Teague going seven of twenty from the field. Uh, Mitchell went five of fifteen, and Jared Butler only took nine shots and only made two of them. As he had five fouls and ended up fouling out, and he would have fouled out in two games in a row, um, and we'll get to the second game that he fouled out in. But Jared Butler going two and nine. If Baylor wants to win, Jared Butler can't go two and nine. It's just that simple. And the, I mean, the other guys playing 36, 38 minutes fresh off a of COVID pause. That's that's not going to get it done either. So, what do you think, Troy, about that box score? You know, I don't think Baylor can win if Jared Jared Butler just only takes nine shots. You know, he's their he's their scorer. He, he's their guy that they have to go to and going two for nine on only nine shots. Like that's, that ain't going to get it done. Yeah. And you know, he was Jim's pick to win uh, the wooden award. Um, so that was a tough, tough one. And I mean, I will give it up. Baylor is the best team in the country. So uh, you know, we give them the, the COVID pause, you know, I think they got lucky being able to play Iowa state in game one, but having to go to Kansas for game two, that was pretty tough. Kansas on the other hand had a good game. Mm-hmm. From McCormick, he went 8 of 10 from the field, had 20 points. Um, and Wilson had 14 rebounds. He had 7 points, 14 rebounds in a pretty good game for Kansas. Uh, the next game we will go to is Iowa versus Ohio State, which took place on Sunday. Iowa coming away with the win, 73-57. Troy, what did you see in that one? You know, I think I called it earlier. Um, Luca Garza really just went out there and had a, and just killed, you know. Uh, Iowa State couldn't find an answer for them, and the score the score showed it. Yeah, um, Luca had played 38 minutes, which I mean, if you guys watch Luca, Luca is a tank. Man does not run very well, so for him to get 38 minutes against Ohio State team, that's a big game for them. It's something they needed. He finished with 24 and 11. Uh, Wieskamp 
finished with 19 and six on five of nine from three. Um, and Bohannon was quiet in which, you know, for Iowa, he's a key, he's a key contributor and Bohannon needs to be good for them. Uh, even, even without him, he was pretty good, uh, for Ohio state, EJ Liddell being their best, uh, stepped up as their best player in this game. Obviously it wasn't enough, but he had 15. So Ohio state, what do you think of Ohio state now? It's a f- 18 and seven. Where do you think, where do you see them in the NCAA tournament? I think I see I see them sneaking into the like not sneaking in but I see them as an elite elite eight team. I don't think I would put them in my final four, but they're definitely an elite elite eight team. Then they they match up against a one or a two seed and and they have a dogfight with them, but they just come up just that smidge bit short. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where I see them right now. Okay, okay, that's fair. You know, I I I don't see them. I see them as a team that's like gonna be gonna be they're gonna be a top four seed for sure. Um, probably, probably a three seed at this point after a tough week, especially losing to Michigan state last week too. I just see them as being like a three that, you know, will probably run into a tough six seed, um, that I wish I had a team in mind that it could be a six seed that we could see them, but I don't have anything as of right now. Moving on to our, uh, surprise team of the week, uh, which would be Illinois who, uh, got a five point win against Wisconsin. Um, on the road on Wisconsin senior night and we'll first touch on Wisconsin with Trice had 19 points in the final two minutes of this game almost willed the Badgers back to this game obviously Illinois playing without Io DeSumo, um after the broken broken facial bone I think it was uh, didn't play in this game uh, but what did you think of that performance from Trice there in the last two minutes Troy is that right 19 points yeah, he had 19 in the last two minutes, I believe I saw. I think that was, I think that was what it was. Um, we're trying to find it, but I, yeah, he like went off in the last two minutes. It was crazy. That is ridiculous. See, see, that was a game where I watched almost the entire entire thing, but I had like I had something come up, so I couldn't watch like the last few minutes. So just like going through the game, it was it was pretty much back and forth the entire way. Overall, it seemed a little sloppy on the defensive end. But yeah, with that last two minutes, like that 19 points to almost get them there, and that's that's got to be heart heartbreaking for Trice. Yeah, it seemed uh, for Illinois that uh, Kofi Coburn was in foul trouble early, only playing 25 minutes. He still finished with 19 and seven, um, and then Curbelo had 25 minutes off the bench, uh, finished with 17 and seven. So a good game for them. Um, and then obviously we'll get into this week as well. We'll have another Illinois recap, but. A good, a good week uh, for Illinois for sure. Next, we will talk on probably one of the hottest teams in the country with the number one prospect in the country, and that's Oklahoma State. Uh, this weekend, they knocked off number seven Oklahoma on the road and actually completed the sweep of Oklahoma as they won 94-90 in overtime. Cade Cunningham with 40 points, Troy. 40. He played 44 of the 45 minutes. You know, went 12 of 21 from the field, so that's a lot of, lot of attempts. Um, but what did you think of Kate's performance in that game? Who, uh, last episode, who said it? Was it you or Jimmy who was like, yeah, you can't bet, bet against Kate Cunningham? I think, I think Jim was the one who said it, but I agreed with him. I think both of him and I took Oklahoma State in this game. Actually, no, wasn't it you and I took Oklahoma State? Yeah, yeah. and Jimmy took, and Jimmy took Oklahoma, but yeah. But he was the um, one that said you couldn't bet against him and then bet against him? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. I'm convinced you can't bet bet against the guy. Like 40 points in a college basketball game. People people who only watch basketball scoring 40 points in general is probably the, one of the most like not impossible but toughest things to do. 
who like that's such a big number in basketball terms and for him for him to be able to do that in in an overtime game like it just showed like you cannot guard the guy you just can't do it yeah but, no he was he was different in this game uh he had 40 he actually had 11 rebounds to go with that only one assist and as we see he's probably a point guard at the next level so 21 shots is a lot it's it's not even like he had a Russell Westbrook type game because he had only had one assist. Um, but I saw a stat today. Now, I, I this blows my mind. Oklahoma State is tw- is eleven and one when Cade Cunningham takes less than thirteen attempts in a game from the field. Did you know that? No, that's news to me. Yeah, but it, honestly, it is. But it makes sense because if he he's their primary point guard and right. so. When he's facilitating and get, getting other people's shots, wide open shots, I could see them being more effective than when he, yeah. he's taking it. No, I definitely agree with that. And obviously it works because, you know, they, they ended up winning this game. So he has to be the number one pick in the draft. There's no way you don't take him number one. Lois, I put him at his two. And honestly, I couldn't think of anyone else to go over him off the top of my head. But it all depends on the la- on the lottery slot. Who did you have over him? I, I don't know, but it depends on, on who gets selected in the draft and if what what they need. But, yeah, Cade Cunningham is my number one pick if I'm any team. But Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't see how you take him over. I, don't, I mean, unless the number one pick has, like, a shirt point guard, but I can't think of any team that would have a chance at the number one pick that has a shirt point guard like Cade would be. Now, Troy, I'd like to move on to what I have dubbed the game of the year. The Michigan-Ohio State game a couple Sundays back has now been upset for game of the year. Baylor goes into West Virginia on Tuesday night in a weird 5 o'clock game on ESPN and seemingly just rips this game away from West Virginia as they win 94-89. Top standout performances um, include Jared Butler going for 25, Mitchell had 20, um, and Mayer with 18 off the bench. Troy... This was one of the wildest backdoor covers I have ever seen in my entire life. They were four-and-a-half-point favorites and snuck out with free throws in overtime to ice the game to get it to a five-point lead and a win for Niffy Money in the Bank. Thank you very much. First Troy, what you see? Hold on a second. No. <laughs> Troy, what would you see in this one? I saw Baylor being able to bounce back after a really bad loss to Kansas, and – you know, they're starting to show glimpses of the Kansas of old um, pre-COVID pause, you know. Mm. Oh, um, I still think they you should. Mean ba- you mean Baylor? Oh, yeah, 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 Baylor, Baylor, my bad. They need to they need to be more consistent throughout the entire game. You know, they would pull away a little bit, get to an eight or, eight or nine point win, um, lead, and then boom, right then it's three or four, you know. it's. I think they just need to get a lead, maintain the lead, and, and that's what they need to get better at. Yeah, um, I think this was really the first time I've sat down and watched Baylor um, from, like, tip to final buzzer. And I get mad at myself because I had the chance to take Jared Butler last week to win Wooden Award. And I honestly think that I had the worst of the three guys last week. Obviously, I think Luca Garza is going to win it, but Jared Butler is unbelievable. The way he he took in overtime – you know, he fouled out, obviously, with two minutes to go, and it kind of was like next man up, and Mitchell took over. But that layup he had to take the lead where he just drove straight in, went right up against West Virginia's top shot blocker, and was able to get the bucket to take the lead. He just 
he put on a show in that game and Baylor just proved that, you know, it does, they don't necessarily, you know, they can do it without him. I won't say that they can do it fully without him, but you know, they can still go get a win without him. And um, I think for Baylor, you're right. They're still, you know, shaking the rust off from the COVID pause, but uh, this was a great step back. And for me, as far as West Virginia, West Virginia is going to be the top two seed, in my opinion, after the way they played this game. I think they have a tough one coming up. Yeah, they have Oklahoma State on Saturday at home in their final regular season game. When I made my prediction and said that West Virginia was going to be a Final Four team, I thought that that was a stretch. But you watch them play that game, I don't think it's a stretch, to be honest with you. Their closest game that they played, I mean, it was Baylor now, but the other closest game they had with another top team was Gonzaga. They almost beat Gonzaga earlier in the year. So I'm really high on this West Virginia team, and I like what I saw that night. Um, you know, they put up 50 points the second half. That's a, <laughs> That was a good second half. One of the, like I said, probably the game of the year, one of the most fun games I've ever gotten to watch. But now, Troy, unfortunately, we have to move on. Can we to skip the, this? Uh, <laughs> I, I wish we could. Illinois goes in to Michigan on Tuesday night and comes away with a 23-point win without DeSumo. Troy, as a Michigan fan, give me your thoughts on this one. Okay, so obviously it was disappointing. You know, you hate to see your favorite team get blown up by 20, but, you know, the way I look at it, it was bound to happen eventually. You know, it's it's good to get those types of losses out of the way now. Um, and not in tournament play. So come out, come out, have your bad game now, and then absolutely ball out when it comes to tournament time. Um, what I love most is that after that game, they came out and absolutely blew out Michigan State tonight. And I absolutely love that because it, it proves that they can bounce back from a tough loss and, and you know, just kind of uh, turn the page, as my old baseball coach used to say. Obviously, you know, this was a battle of the two big men. And my take about Hunter Dickinson uh, is now taking a huge downward spin as Coburn made him look like a, a little boy out there. As our boy Justin Germain would do in rec basketball, he, he made him look small. Okay, he put his hand down close to the floor and said he was a little man. Dickinson finished um, in 22 minutes. He finished with six points, five rebounds on one of eight shooting. With three fouls, I know he was in foul trouble early. Him and Coburn were actually in foul trouble early and really limited their play. As Coburn finished with 12 and 7 on 22 minutes. Troy, what did you think of the inside play in that game? Ugly, to say the least, at least on Michigan's end. Um, although I did kind of like the way that Michigan's backup center came in, and he played very, he played pretty well, a lot better than I expected him to. He had some shifty, you know, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon-esque moves. Uh, but, you know, with Hunter Dickinson, you know, he just – you, you got to play better. You know, I get you were in foul trouble. Maybe that made him back off a little bit. But one of eight shooting when you're taking almost all layups, you know, that's, that just can't happen. Yeah, I'm looking at the Michigan box score, and they have a guy in here named Jay Howard. Did Juwan Howard actually play in this game? Or did hmm? he? Was that, was that Juwan Howard in this box score? Did he get, it, did he get a few it minutes? Might, it might have been, you know. Uh, and look, I mean, because they literally played everyone. They brought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They played – they played eight thirteen guys in this game. I don't know if that was just like the last like four minutes they brought their bench guys out, but a lot of guys in this game. I'm surprised Chris Weber didn't come back and play. <laughs> um, and your boy Livers too struggled. Didn't he get hurt? 
I want um, it was it was minor. Out. It was minor. Um, okay. nothing too serious, but I think he did kind of maybe strain or pull something. Yeah. So if you look at this by, I mean, Michigan shot 17 of 49 from the field, so that's not good. But you look at their starters: Livers two of seven, Dickinson one of eight, Franz Wagner one of nine, Brooks three of eight, and Smith two of six. Uh, you know, it's just an off night. You clearly see that's an off night. There, there's not. I mean, if they shot the ball well and lost, then that's one thing. But Clearly an off night for the for the big blue. Um, another thing we want to touch on real quick, Kansas actually came back to win this game. I did not see this. I thought they lost. I brought this up because I thought that they lost. Kansas brought in UTEP tonight, and I thought we had another North Carolina versus Marquette situation where they brought in a non-conference team to you know get a little to get some game action in. But um, Kansas comes out down 34-20 at the half. And then come out and outscore UTEP 47-28 in the second half to be able to come back. Um, Troy, if they lose this game, that's detrimental to Kansas. Yeah, I think if they lose that game, you can kiss uh, maybe even the whole tournament bye-bye. Uh, um, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, they I are still a top 15, they're still a top 15 team in the country. After losing the UTEP, though. Yeah, I see. What I wouldn't you're even call them a out, dude. I wouldn't call them a mid-major program. I don't know. Yeah, but to, yeah, but to say the kiss the tournament goodbye, that's uh, that's a that's a tough take. But you know, good, I mean, good for on Kansas for scheduling these games and just trying to get more games ahead of the tournament. And I don't know how many games they have left. Let me ch- quick check. That's it. They're done. So their regular season is over. They have the Big 12 tournament left, um, where I think that they go in with a slim chance to win it at best. You know, Bill Self usually goes in there and runs those tournaments, but this year I think the Big 12 is just too good. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that a little bit later with our conference tournament, but we, uh, you know, have to turn here, um, to a very unfortunate, you know, thing that happened last night, uh, which would be Wednesday recording on Thursday, uh, as Villanova senior guard on his senior night, Colin Gillespie tears his MCL early in or early in the first half and, uh, has since, uh, been ruled out for the rest of the season. Troy, obviously not something you want to hear for a senior in his last year, but especially for someone like Colin Gillespie, you know, he uh, is a local kid, you know, didn't really have many offers coming out of college, out of high school and, you know, has ended up just being one of the studs for Villanova this year. Um, you know, a team that I wasn't very high on, but, you know, still a team that had a chance to make waves in March. What do you think about this one, Troy? It's just, it's tough to hear. It's more like just... For Colin's sake, it's it's sad. You know, you already had a tough year with the whole COVID situation, and then you get so close to the big dance, and then and then it's just kind of ripped away from you. It's hard, hard just for him on a personal level. Now shifting over to Villanova, you know, I I wasn't high on them either, or I I thought as them as like a maybe maybe sneaking into the Sweet 16, but I did, but now I just don't see him getting past the round of 32. Yeah, yeah, you see, you have it on here as a first or second round upset. If if they're a a three seed now going up against a good thirteen, which you know I've seen, you know even our local guys, the Siena Saints, even up on the thirteen line, if Siena gets them in the first round. Siena's one of the top mid majors in the country. I don't see how that's not a potential to be a thirteen over a three upset, or you know even as we've seen in the past a twelve over four if they're a four seed without Gillespie. So um, I definitely agree with you. Um, it just all depends on where they're seated this year. And now that they have no Gillespie, I don't see it being anything higher than a three, maybe. So 
Unfortunately, our special guest, uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, is not going to be able to make it on tonight's podcast. But you know, Troy, you and I, we're here, we're ready to go. So let's uh, keep this let's keep this show rolling. So we will start out here with a little conference tournament talk, uh, a little update, a little preview as to what we got going on. So as I'm sitting here scrolling ESPN, looks like we have a couple tournaments going. That includes the West Coast Conference Tournament. Uh, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, the A-10, Atlantic Sun, Big South, some of the tournaments that are going on right now. Oh, the OVC. The OVC is going – oh, I thought that said the OVC. It says OVC Championship. I thought it was the championship game. I was like, oh, crap. We missed that much of it. But let's take a dive into some of these tournaments going on so far. Obviously, the big one, the MVC, which is basically a two-horse race. In that league, um, as we look at teams like Loyola Chicago and Drake, Troy, how do you see that one playing out? Obviously, we're going to get a match with those two in the championship game. What do you think? I think Drake takes it. I love I love Drake, and I've said like they jumped out to what eighteen and zero. Yep. Uh, to start the before, season and yeah, before the COVID pause. Before the COVID pause, and I feel like they're just now finding their stride coming out come on out of that pause. I think Drake takes it like pretty easily. Yeah. Um. I'm actually going to oppose you on that one. Um, I love Loyola Chicago. Um, I've talked about them uh, many times off pod. Um, I'm a big fan of the Ramblers. Uh, Sister Jean, you know, she's still kicking it since their last Final Four run. Um, I just think that the Ramblers play great defense, um, and they have a good offense. I think, you know, when they play those two games against Drake, um, at Drake, you know, the first game stunk. It was a blowout. The second game was a great game. I'm looking forward to game three here in the championship. Um, the next one I want to talk about is the A-10. Uh, we had a couple A-10 games today. Um, that would include uh, Duquesne actually upset Richmond, which is a big one. The Spiders were a good team, one of the top mid-majors that people were looking forward to. A second-round exit here in the A-10. UMass beats St. Joseph's. Dayton beats Rhode Island and George Mason beats George Washington in a tough year for George Washington. I know they had a former Syracuse transfer and Matt Moyers on that team. Looking forward to tomorrow's quarterfinal action uh, where we will see St. Bonaventure, St. Louis, VCU, and Davidson match up against all of the teams that I had previously mentioned. Troy, what do you got? What Do you, you got anything on the A-10? Uh, not much other than uh... – you know, I really I hope uh, Davidson can pull it out. They're my favorite in that whole conference, you know, although I'm a little biased because I'm a big Steph Curry fan, you know, so I'll be rooting for them. You know, a girl I went to high school with, shout out uh, Jenna Giacconi. She goes to Dayton. She's on the women's team. So I'm going to pull for Dayton in this one. Um, obviously, they kind of got screwed last year, you know, missing out on the tournament, you know, having Obi Toppin. So I think last year was, uh, you know, with the unforeseen circumstances that we had with COVID and everything like that, I'd like to see Dayton get back to the tournament. Um, but you have your guys up there, per usual, VCU and St. Bonaventure are strong candidates for this uh, one as well. Um, let's see. I'll just move forward here, see if we got any small things here with other tournaments. I think we're good. The other one's playing, uh, like the A-Sun. I know that's big. Liberty um, is the number one seed in that tournament as well, I believe. Yeah, I believe it's Liberty, if I'm not... Yeah, Liberty plays Stetson tomorrow in the first semifinal, uh, followed by FGC North Alabama. I think that's just Liberty's league to to win. We won't touch on that any farther. The WCC is going on. 
Um, Gonzaga did end up choosing to play in it, uh, so good on them. But that's Gonzaga's through and through, so we won't touch on that one. So we will now go to preview our Power Fives. The first conference we will look to go to, as of right now, Florida State and Virginia are tied atop the conference. Um, Troy, what do you see playing out in the ACC tournament next week? To be honest with you, I really I foresee like uh, an like a, a mid, middle of the pack team just kind of bursting out, getting hot, and I mean. A team like a Duke, you know, they struggled all year, and the tournament is where they can come out and shine. You know, I, I feel like a team like a Duke, not saying it's going to be Duke, but a team like Duke, they could really just kind of sneak their way up and creep, 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 and then end up taking the tournament. Yeah, so as of right now, if the season ended today, Duke would be a nine seed in the ACC tournament. I'm going to give you a team here, um, and you tell me if I'm bananas for taking this. I think Virginia Tech wins this tournament. Bananas. Wow. I, I had a feeling that was coming. What, uh, what happened last week when I was told I was dumb? That's why I'm, I'm hesitant to disagree with you. You're hot right now, but um, I feel like I'm going to do it anyway, so bananas. Virginia Tech is 15-5 overall. My big thing for them is that they are 4-0 against AP Top 25 teams this year. So I am going to buy in on the Hokies for the ACC tournament. Uh, obviously, my orange sitting back at 9-7. They are the eight seed currently. I believe I was told they are on place on pace to play Duke in the first game of the ACC tournament. So um, I don't hate that, but I also do hate because of the fact of the way they played against Duke last time. But we're not going to touch on that. Uh, Clemson, I think, is also a dark horse I could see. I just don't think Georgia Tech has what it takes to win the ACC. But Clemson's a dark horse team I could see. Like you were saying, a middle-of-the-pack team that I could see pulling out the ACC. Uh, the next tournament we will look forward to um, is, in our opinion, the best conference in the country, and that would be the Big 12. Troy, how do you see the Big 12 playing out? I see Baylor taking it. You know, I feel like, 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 like we touched on earlier, they're they're just now hitting their stride post pause. You know, I I feel like you know they came back, had a great win against uh, West Virginia, and they're putting putting those previous losses behind them. I think this is Baylor's tournament to take. Yeah, um, 100%. Baylor, best team in the country. Um, I don't see them losing, you know, or I actually won't say that. You know, they could lose a game. They they might not win this tournament. Um, If I had to pick field versus Baylor, honestly, I think the safe bet is the field, to be honest, because you just look at this this, uh, conference right now, you have – West Virginia's ranked 6th, Kansas 13, Texas 15, Oklahoma State 17, Texas Tech 18, and Oklahoma 16. And with the way Oklahoma plays against top 10 teams, you never know. Uh, if they find themselves in the matchup against Baylor, it's March. You just never know. I think that's uh, – it's like the New York Lottery. It's like their logo or their slogan, whatever they call it. So I think I would take the field over Baylor, but I do – I see Baylor winning it more times than not. Let me put it that way. Solid um, eight out of ten. Yeah, no, I I, I think I got to agree with that number. The next one we will move to is the Big Ten. Three top five teams in the Big Ten currently as the rankings sit here, um, and then another one in the top ten with Ohio State. 
Um, our top five seeds would be Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, and then Ohio State. Troy, I know, I, I know who you're going to take to win the Big Ten, but uh, give me two reasons why. So, other than the Illinois loss, I, you know, Michigan has been damn near unstoppable. You know, it's I still other than Illinois, and that's just because they had an off shooting night. You know, um, Michigan offensively has literally just it's been um, I don't want to say perfect, um, but very, very close to perfect. So and then defensively on the ball, you know, Hunter Dickinson, he's been a stud uh, and so has and so has um their guard defense. You know, I've seen in the back half of this season, their steals per game ramp up. And it's it's really good when you don't have to rely solely on offense, especially when it comes to the tournament. So if they can keep this defensive play up, I really see see them um, taking it, and that's not biased, I promise. Okay, here's how I see this tournament playing out. I see as we get to semifinals, it will be, I think it'll be their top like your top ten teams that. Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State all advance. Purdue's a dark horse, like you were saying, um, in the ACC, seeing a, a dark horse team come in through here. Um, I like Matt Painter. I like what he does. They always just seem to have this big-ass white dude that has no clue how to play basketball, but he's just a force on defense for some reason. Um, so I'm big on that. But those four teams will somehow will all make it to the semifinals. Um, and I see Iowa advancing on to play Michigan. I think Michigan plays Ohio State in one semifinal in Illinois and Iowa in another. Um, I think Iowa um, just has the more experience, I would say, when it comes to just who they have on their team. And I think they're the more talented team. Although if Illinois plays the way they played this week, I don't see them losing to even Michigan. I see them winning the Big Ten tournament. So it depends on how they play. But then I see as well Michigan taking the Big Ten tournament, uh, which is probably music to your ears. Uh, the next one we will move to, uh, we will go out West to some of the worst basketball that's ever been played. And that would be the back, the pac 12, excuse me. Uh, this one, we see Oregon leading USC is in second UCLA in third Colorado. The lone ranked team currently is in fourth and Arizona in fifth tried I, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on the pac 12 cause they're practically irrelevant, but I, in my opinion, I see USC taking this one. USC or Colorado would be my two picks. Okay, so this is the one tournament I'm not going to take seriously. So this is going to be my shot out of the cannon. Probably worst pick of the year for me. Give me the Bruins taking this tournament. Yeah, um, it's it's Cronin. I know his first, last name. I forget his first name. Used to be the coach out in Cincinnati. Um, he's now the UCLA coach. I think it's Mick. I think Mick Cronin is his name. Um, I don't, I don't hate the pick right now. They sit a half game back of first place in the conference for a three-way tie in first, but USC obviously has the best player in the, in the conference. So I just see Evan Mobley taking over in March, um, and leading, uh, USC to a tournament title. Um, and finally for our, um, power five conferences, uh, we'll have two more after this, but the SEC, uh, let's see where we at. We have Alabama sitting fully ahead of the SEC, with two and a half games up on Arkansas. Actually, I just watched Arkansas play South Carolina for the first time. Fairly impressed. Alabama's been really good all year, followed by LSU with the three seed, Florida with the two, and Tennessee with the five. 
Um, to me, this is a two-horse race in this league. I don't see anyone else competing other than Alabama-Arkansas. Um, yeah, I haven't, I've never seen Arkansas play, so I'm just going to take your word for it. But yeah, I see, I mean, I put Bama in my, in my final four, you know, Oh, I see them taking yep. this tournament. I see them going deep, you know, Oh, I, I, I've said this before and I'll continue to say, I love the way they play and like, and what, you, oh, I know what worries you, they rely on the three, but with how much attention and that they get, um, from the opposing team defensively on the three. They have created so many lanes where they can get enough of, I don't like almost wide open layups or, or, or dish off dunks where I think it can be you know, like, you know, kind of even and out if they have a rough game. It just takes so much to convince me to get off the three ball. Cause I see it with Syracuse every single time. They just rely so heavily on the three ball that it's just, it scares me. But the one thing I saw is when Alabama played LSU when they hit 23 threes and they put up however many points they put up that night, they didn't take one mid-range jumper that night. Everything they took was either a three ball or a layup. There was nothing outside of the paint unless it was a three ball. So that if, if they're able to dominate in the way that if a team takes away a three-pointer like LSU did in their second matchup, and they're still able to win those games. And I'm sold a little bit more on Alabama. I like Nate Oates. I think Nate Oates is a good coach. Um, but with Arkansas, I, when I saw them the other night, they're just a super athletic team. The must-bus out there, Eric Musselman's a great coach. He's been doing a great job. And, you know, we're really seeing a trend of different teams getting co- towards the top here. You know, normally we see the Kentuckys, the Floridas, and even Tennessee. Tennessee stinks. I hate Tennessee this year. So that's even a change. And to be honest, I see Auburn maybe might be able to pull up an upset. I know you're high on Sharif Cooper. Um, so that's a team that I would look out for, especially as like a, a lower seed. Uh, do you think Auburn has a chance of pulling an upset maybe here or getting a, getting a win in the tournament? Uh, so that really depends. if So if Sharif Cooper comes back, and that's an if, and if he comes back 100%, and that's an even bigger if. So – it, it really all depends on him. Although I did, he didn't play from when I picked him for my dog of the day, and they still won. So I'm still high on them for that. Maybe. That's a big maybe. There's too many ifs, and I think too many cards just have to fall into their favor for it to happen. So, so there's a shot, but it's not very likely. Yep. No, that's fair. Moving on to our first non-Power 5 and. In my opinion, the it makes it the Super Six um, when it comes to college basketball, and that's the Big East. It's not the old Big East of the past where you saw Syracuse, Georgetown, Connecticut, Villanova just going at it every single Saturday in what was arguably the best college basketball that's ever been played. And as a Syracuse fan, you know, having a front row seat to some of those games. This year, obviously, Villanova is in first place in the conference with Creighton being a half game back. But as we touched on, no Colin Gillespie anymore for the Cats, so... Troy, how do you see the Big East playing out? Uh, I don't, I don't foresee, um, I don't foresee Villanova winning it. It's tough. It's tough to say, but mm, I, I like Creighton. I really do. Uh, they just lost McDermott though. They their did. Head coach, their head coach resigned amid alleg- or I don't even say it was allegations of video of a racially insensitive video, but apparently the players right. still wanted him around. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah I, that's why I, I find it so hard that whatever he said or if he said anything at all, I feel like it was just taken way out of context. 
and and like if from what he said we're not going to mention it because it was horrendous um and you have you have predominantly african-american players and they still want you around what does that say what does that tell you yeah no i i agree with you you know i i just think it's you know it's it's a tough situation it's a tough it's a tough topic it's a it's a hard topic to go upon and um you know and kudos to him for you know making it about his team and not about himself and you know stepping down uh for his boy for his players but um i agree with you i think creighton creighton's played well all year um you know losing him stinks and that kind of opens the door for teams like connecticut and maybe even seton hall uh to slide in there uh and take the big east tournament as well so i would not be surprised to see you know I, i won't sit here and say villanova doesn't have a chance i think there's four teams that have a legit chance to win the big east tournament and probably one of the big one of the more uh entertaining tournaments to watch this year is probably going to be the big east can um, I give you my dark horse real quick? Yeah, yeah. UConn. I know. Yeah. It, um, I'm I'm a big a hometown hometown lover. You know, Andre Jackson will always have a close place in my heart. You know, just being able to wa- watch him in high school was awesome. But uh, I I like the way UConn plays. You know, I love their driving dish sort style of play, and it's I maybe if they can get hot, they're my dark horse. Yeah, um, like I said, there's four teams that can win that, and you know, Book Knight missed a lot, of, missed a good amount of time, so they kind of struggled with that. But I could see UConn winning it, um, and you know, getting a guy like Andre Jackson, who's just uber athletic, and a five one eight guy. Um, you know, hopefully a future guest on the pod, hopefully. So we'll uh, we'll see about that. But finally, our last conference we want to touch on um, is the American Conference. Um, there's currently three teams a top that have separated themselves from each other. Uh, that would be number nine, Houston, who in my opinion is a final four team, uh, Wichita and Memphis, all atop uh, the conference here. Honestly, I think this is just Houston's conference to lose, but um, you see anything happening here in this one? Mm, I see Wichita state giving them the game. I mean, I mean, you look at it, they're on a six game win streak going into that tournament. I feel like I feel like they're the only ones that can really give Houston a game, and that would be an exciting championship game to maybe see. But Memphis as well also won a six-game hot streak. That is true. So I mean, it's all about right place, right time, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we're just going to see what happens. I think. Yeah. But Wichita Wichita State is my favorite to maybe upset Houston, but yeah, Houston's the clear favorite to win it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think this is Houston's to. Houston's to lose. So finally, uh, before we sign off here, we will go into our fan favorite, Troy's favorite, not my favorite, segment of the day, and that would be our D-A-W-G, Dog of the Day. All right. We want to give Troy a shout-out because Troy started out the first two episodes hot. He's 2-0, and okay? Jim and I sitting back at 0-2 with our picks. Uh, even though Jim, Big Jim's not here this week, he has sent in his pick for for the week. And being the homer that he is, his upset pick is Duke to beat UNC this weekend. As since I'm 0-2, I will go first and you know we'll get to the one that's a freaking lock uh, here in a second. Uh, but my pick this week is Louisville to beat Virginia. 
Let me pull it up here really quick. I believe they play Saturday. Yep. Virginia uh, goes to Louisville for their final regular season game. Um, I, in my opinion, I'm just not high on on the on the Wahoos. They just they they play too slow for me. And you know they find a team like Louisville, who's you know they struggled since their own COVID pause with the 45 point blowout loss to UNC. But uh, this is just something that I had a really like when I saw the game, I was like, you know, that's that could be that that's got the potential to be an upset there. So I have to pick one of those games this week to try to avoid 0 and 3. Uh, but Troy, what do you got this week? Uh, first of all, thank you for all those uh, stellar comment. I mean, uh, y- yeah, comments and uh, thank you. Um, so I'm going to take I didn't want to take this before. Then I found out that uh Gillespie tore his MCL and I feel like Nova's just really down right now and and I feel like they're going to struggle in this back half of the season because I feel in my opinion Gillespie was their best player you know so with their game coming up they're playing Providence I don't I mean I don't feel good about Nova uh, right now so I'm going to take Providence over Villanova so that's my pick I'm going to stick with it and 3-0 3-0 by the next episode yep I I that's a pretty good pick. I won't lie. So that pretty much wraps us up here for episode three of the student section. Um, again, you know, we touched on it earlier, but stick around for, you know, updates about capital sports media madness. We will be releasing uh, information more about that shortly, as well as the NCAA tournament live stream. Make sure to check that out on YouTube. We'll also be going live on Instagram uh, during, you know, close games, uh, the endings of games, I think is what we decided on doing. Uh, so we're excited to bring that all for you. Again, shout out uh, our guy Kyle for doing all this for us and letting us have a platform here to talk college basketball to you guys. Uh, Troy, you got anything before we leave? Thank you all so much for watching. We really appreciate it. Um, in order to see all the the new updates on uh, Capital Sports Media Madness and our, our, our upcoming live stream, make sure to follow uh, Capital Sports MN on Instagram. Um, that's where you can get all the information uh, regarding CSMN. We will be back next week. Let me look at this calendar real quick, Troy. Where are we in this calendar? Next week, we will be back. It will be our – we will not be back until the 15th or the 16th as we will have our March Madness Selection Sunday recap as we will break down all of the games – that will be played in the first round. You are going to have a two-hour special episode of the student section. Since we will not have an episode for you next Saturday, we will have something for you on either Monday or Tuesday to give our boy Troy some time to edit this thing because it is going to be a monster, monster episode. After that, we will be releasing every Tuesday after games finish on Monday. We will be right back recording our pod, getting you pods down right up until the 6th. The 6th is going to be our last pod, uh, pending any interviews we have with with any college basketball players. We'll be starting to release on Tuesdays. Uh, next week, we get our, our main man, Jimbo, back. And like I said, it's going to be a monster pod. So stick around and wait for that one. It's going to be a good one. Troy, deuces, brother. We'll see you next week. Have a great night, everyone. Love you all. Peace.
What's going on, everybody? This is Kyle Milligan, founder of CSMN. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Capital Sports MN and find all of our content on our website at CapitalSportsMN.com. Peace out, everyone. God bless.